to me, I think fearless means to be unapologetically you and to know that's enough. Hey there, welcome to the latest episode of the Finding Fearless podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Pratt, and I have a conversation that you are going to love today. I will never forget the first moment I saw Misty Mejia. I was at Las Vegas for the very first time in my life, for the very first time in my career. I didn't know my ass from my elbows. I was walking around trying to figure out what the right move was, and I just saw this powerhouse of a petite blonde marching my way in a really cute pair of high heels. And you could just tell that she was on a mission and this person that she was talking to, she, like she was the woman in charge. And I didn't know her at the time. Later that day, I was introduced to her by someone. And 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 she's always just been a woman that I have looked up to in my life and career. I, I think if it wasn't for women like Misty in the world of accounting, I wouldn't have believed that there was a place for someone like me there. And, you know, she has been a friend. She's been a mentor to me. She's been a confidant on my harder business days. But more recently, she's been a collaborator. She's been somebody who has been a really amazing resource to our communities here at the Fearless Foundry. And she is just one of the most skilled, creative, talented, you know, innovative marketers that I know. And it's been just a joy to watch her this past year bring her vision of building her own brand to life. So that is what this episode is today. It's it's a story about, you know, what it takes to make a really big leap, particularly if you're somebody who, you know, has a super corporate comfortable position that you've been in for a while and is used to to working for larger companies. And so Misty shares, you know, the story of what it what it took to strike out on her own and and some really, really important lessons for women who are wanting to step on stage and make their voice heard in the industry that they're working in. So I hope you find joy and inspiration in this conversation. Without further ado, here is my chat with Misty Mejia. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Finding Fearless podcast. I am grinning ear to ear because today I get to be here with Misty Mejia. Misty is a dear, dear friend, but she's also a business strategist extraordinaire, and she's the CEO and creative director of the Theater of Marketing, where she directs high-achieving individuals in public speaking techniques. This woman is a powerhouse. She brings her 20 plus years in corporate speaking and 20 plus years in theater to her unique program. She loves producing astonishing presentations for those who want to elevate their speaking to an unforgettable audience experience. Misty, I am thrilled to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Ah, my cheeks are also <laughs> already hurting because I'm just so happy to see you and hear your voice. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fantastic. I, I'm i so honored to get to dig into your story a little bit further because I think there's a lot of folks in our network who know, you know, who you are from a persona perspective out in this industry. But I would love to just start and have you share, you know, what are what are the things that have really made you the woman that you are today? Oh, gosh. <laughs> This is a small question. <laughs> My entire life is what made me today. No, I, which I truly feel like every experience, the good, the bad, the beautiful shape you. But for me, if I just had to boil it down to the magic three, it would be my family, theater, and my career. And my family, as you know, 
I grew up in a kind of a lower socioeconomic family environment and there was a ton of love and just self-belief and incredible support. But feeling that view from the outside world of you not having the necessities in life really impacted me in a way that I never wanted to make anyone else feel like that because I knew how that felt. And I also knew that I could make an impact in a different way because of who I was and what I could bring to the table because of that knowledge. To me, theater was the thing that helped me unlock my voice finally. And I think because of that poverty and some of the other things that happened in my life, I felt like I needed to be silenced and I didn't deserve a seat at that table for a while. And theater was the thing that helped me go, oh, wait, this is how I can share my voice. This is how I can be in front of people and be okay and be excited to do it instead of fearful <laughs> to no yeah. end. And then my career, I feel like my career because of theater and my family, like that belief that my parents put in me and then the theater unlocking my voice, my career trajectory just really like went exponentially. And I felt like I was getting a master's degree in marketing and business live every moment. Like I had such giving executives that always gave me a seat at the table, asked my opinion. Like my very first job, I had this woman, Harriet, and we were, our goal was OEM, which is original engineer manufacturing, as you know, and we would go into HP and we would build their systems for them, but we were meeting with VPs and above. And there was never a moment where she silenced me at the table. She'd be like, Misty, do you have anything to add? And always incorporated me in, which was a gift as your first seat to have a female executive showing you how to be generous. And it's like, oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. This is beautiful. Will you, will you share a little bit deeper in terms of some of these? Because the thing I love about your story, Misty, is like you were here and then you got a job over here. And and I think for some people, it's like, you know, the, the idea of a career path is that it has to be super linear. And that's <laughs> so not the case in your world. It's so not the case in my world. So will you talk about some of those different kind of paths you've walked in your career and then, you know, lead me up to the moment where you are today. Like, how did that lead to you making this decision to start your own company? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) My path, if you looked at my LinkedIn, there's some jobs I didn't even put on there. But if you look on LinkedIn, you're right. It's not a linear path at all. I have honestly been that person that has been given opportunities, I feel, and has taken them 100%, not really knowing necessarily why I wanted to take them. I just like, oh, if this showed up in my path, I feel like there's a reason and something I need to learn. And so I would go for it. And it was in, you know, green energy. It was in help desk software. It was in all sorts of different things that just kind of freckle my life, right? But the thing that is the through line is the marketing or the sales strategy and all of those other things, no matter what type of company I was at. And it could be from $0 budget to multi-million dollar budgets that I got to work with. And it just kind of, every spot, I just kind of learned something new and took that with me to the next spot. And just like, okay. 
And I was, I've been very, very fortunate in life because I think I've only interviewed for jobs maybe like three times in my life. Oh, wow. Wow. The rest of it has all been people coming after me and asking me to come on board or asking me to come have a cup of coffee and me not realizing that was an interview. <laughs> oh my good discussion. I was like, oh, I thought this, I'm like so naive. I thought it was really a cup of coffee. And I was like, oh, I don't drink coffee, but I'll have some tea. But I've been very fortunate in that aspect. But I think, Madeline, to your to your point, that fortune is also self-made in some capacities, right? Because I didn't have that fear to speak, I became very early a public figure in whatever organization I was in. So I was standing on that stage and representing the company and therefore in a very visual space of like, oh, she can articulate really well what the message is. She understands how to engage an audience and it's like, ooh, how can we use that for our business? And I was like, ooh, how can I use you to learn more? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I, I, you know, and I, I think that this is a really important piece to call into the conversation is the importance of women, you know, taking that stage, the importance of, of women being visible representations of, of business. And oftentimes, you know, in, in the marketing world, you know, there are a lot of women in marketing, but they are, they're a bit behind the scenes. And so, you know, I now know about your program and you're working, you know, specifically to pull women leaders, you know, to the forefront so that they have their skills and resources to take that stage. Why is that so important to you? Yeah, for me, I know that my voice is part of my trajectory, like it 100% is. But I would be in those meetings with other women and hand over the spotlight like I was shown at an early age and I would just see them shrink or we would be in a leadership discussion and all of the men were contributing like crazy and the women weren't saying anything and then I would leave that meeting and one of them would come up to me and say oh I wanted to say this I'm like that's brilliant why didn't you and they were so judgmental of themselves in that moment that they were the only person muting them in the room no one else was asking them not to speak up. And I consistently saw this happening on a regular basis. And then we would do a call for papers for the events I was running. And we would have 400 submissions and 30 would be women and two would be people of color. And I kept asking women to come to the table. And I was like, come on, come on. And they were like, no, it terrifies me to speak or I'm not an expert enough. And it blew my mind because the reason I was reaching out is because I knew they were an expert, but they didn't feel like it was an opportunity that was meant for them. And I just, <laughs> I truly thought for a while, somebody else has got to solve this. Somebody else has got to solve this. And then I was like, mm, I feel that pull. I think it's, I think it's me. Mm -hmm. And it's been, I mean, it, I remember talking to you when you were, you were, you were debating going in this direction and, you know, this was a big leap for you. You've, you've worked for so many different companies of, of different sizes, but you know, this was, I would, I would argue the biggest leap you've made yet. And, and to see the way that it's landed has just been such a delight, but what, what did it take to make that leap? Because I mean, many folks listening will know, you know, where you, where you, ex you know, where you left was into it, you know, which is obviously, you know, for some people that's, that's goals right there. And so, you know, to exit, you know, kind of at the top and then do your own thing like that, 
that's a pretty ballsy move to make, don't <laughs> if I do say so myself. So so what did that take within yourself to feel like you could, you know, have the courage to make that change? Oh my gosh, Madeline. Like I feel like therapy, but it wasn't really. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of mental shift that has to happen. And part of that was having conversations with you who had already like kind of carved this path to show me that it was possible. I had had a lot of examples in life for mid-sized to large corporations, but I hadn't had a lot of examples that I could see my own reflection in like you and a handful of other women. And having that example was so like meaningful to me in a way that I, I can't even express. Like, honestly, those conversations with you were just such a gift. And then on top of that, I was working with a coach and she and I were talking and we did a list of all of the things that I wanted in my life. Like, okay, my life, business, like what, what did that look like? And when I looked at the list, I told her, oh my God, I'm going to have to start like four different businesses. She was like, what? <laughs> and I go, well, like what business incorporates theater? Cause I want, I have to have theater in my life. What business incorporates like elevating women? What does this and this and this? She goes, Misty, you don't see it out there, but that's because you have to build it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and that was just really nutty to me because of course I didn't see it out there because it wasn't something that really existed. There was people that were in theater that were creating public speaking courses. Yes, but they didn't have the corporate background. They didn't have the education background and all of these pieces that I loved and are part of me that helped me teach other speakers like the craft. And so it was just so eye opening to go, oh yeah, it's okay if I don't see it out there. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. even better, right? <laughs> yeah. It means you've got a lane to play in and it's all your own, you know? And I think, I think that's the thing. I, I think that sometimes we as women really want that market validation, you know, of like, you know, and, and particularly, you know, we play it safe and we go to, you know, friends and family or go to people who might not be the target audience for the idea that we're bringing to life. But it's so important to also recognize where are their gaps, you know, where are their holes, you know, where are their places where you keep showing up and wishing somebody would solve for it, but then you recognize, oh my gosh, it's gotta, it's gotta be me, right? It's gotta be me. And then that's where, you know, or uh, one, one of the other ones that I always think of is like, I know this is something that people were asking you for before you created it, because I was a part of some of those conversations, you know, you and I and Jeannie Whitehouse had put together, you know, that, that session and every single woman on those calls was like, okay, more of this, please, you know, more speaker training. And you were like, shit, I got to do something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody says like your purpose, your purpose, find your purpose. And I think it was Mel Robbins. She said, forget that, like, forget that. Like find your purpose. Like that's really hard, but what brings you energy? And every time I left that session with me, you and Jeannie teaching women public speaking, I had more energy than I knew what to do with. I was so excited. And then I went to Toronto and I taught a three hour public speaking course, which we were supposed to take a break halfway through the workshop. And everybody voted not to take a break. They were having too much fun. And I was like, oh, 
And I walked away from that session and the sound guy ran after me and I was like, oh my God, did I forget to give you my mic? (laughs) I couldn't even remember. And he goes, I just want to say, I have been doing sound for years and that was one of the best presentations I've ever seen. And I learned so much. And I thought, oh, that's like, what? And it just, but it, I had so much energy leaving that space because I saw all these light bulbs go off in the room. And I watched these people go from wanting to sit in the back row to not being able to get off the front of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that in three hours we can create that impact or with you and I and Jeannie in one hour just give those women some confidence to share their story and their unique perspective. Like that is so energizing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I call this, I call this finding flow. It's like this, this kind of divine state of being where you could stay there and whether, you know, you could do whatever it is that you're doing for hours on end because it's regenerative. It gives you energy. It's completely tapped into who you are, what you're here to be doing. And, and so like, that's one thing that I would challenge, you know, women listening to this is to like, where do you find flow? Where do you find these moments in your work where you're like, oh, I could do this for, for hours. I could talk about this subject for hours. You know, there's something really, really important in that. And I think that we think that that can't also be work. You know, we think yeah. like it, it's got to be hard and it can't be fun, you know, and, 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 you know, it definitely, even if it can be work, it can't be well-paying work is another one I see. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy this too much. I can't, you know, be charging people, you know, what it's worth kind of thing. And so I just, I think that that's really important to share a story of, of you recognizing that this is, this is that state for you and, oh my gosh, I can make a business out of it sort of thing is, is huge. It's, it's huge. So, so question I want you to elaborate on here is, is how you made a business out of it. So talk to me about the program that you offer now and, and the services you offer now for folks, because I think that, that this big shift is, you know, you went from ideation to, you know, really monetization, you've got a successful company now. And so what are the services you offer? And then will you dive a little bit into the specifics of the program you offer too? Cause I know it's such a cornerstone piece to your work. Yeah. So my program is called the Theater of Public Speaking, and it combines, as I mentioned, the theatrical aspects that I've learned as a actor and a director professionally. And through my two degrees, I have a degree in acting and a degree in directing. And then it takes the education pieces that I've learned because I was a teacher for a long time, actually in secondary education. And so earning my credential to teach you learned all of the different strategies to really engage different types of students. And then, of course, I became an educator in the corporate environment as well. And then being a corporate representative for years, you know, for over 20 years for almost every organization I worked for, even if it was the city where I owned a business downtown, I became their spokesperson and was the person that was on television and doing all the local channels and being interviewed to represent what we were doing as programs down in the downtown area. And so I took all of these skill sets and I built an end-to-end program that helps people from understanding how to organize a presentation to delivery with acting skills and techniques to how to engage an audience in different ways. So every single person leaves with an understanding of what you're talking about. And then, of course, the tech side of being on stage when we hopefully can go back to being in real life at conferences, which some of them are this year. 
And really being able to talk to the technical director and go, hey, here's what I want in my lighting for my keynote. Here's the sound cues that I want to do. Here's all these pieces. Because a lot of times those are forgotten because we're so focused on the presentation and the words. But there's all of these other elements that you can bring to it to make it a complete end-to-end experience for an audience. So we also have stylists that are part of the program. We have a makeup artist that comes in live and teaches the women how to do stage makeup because it is a very different thing because those lights wash you out. I don't think you need makeup to be beautiful, but you do need to have features to be seen. So it really is something that I was like, okay, what would I have wanted early on in my life to help me succeed so I didn't have to go, oh, I did that wrong. And oh, I did that wrong. So let's cut out the 25 years of mistakes that I got to do for you. <laughs> let's boil it down to like, here's some success models and some tools that you can just pull from to be successful on a regular basis. Awesome. Awesome. And then, you know, it's, it's delivered online too. So, so logistically, you know, they sign up for it and then get to join you on the journey. And how many weeks is it again? It's a six week program. I do it twice a year. So I have one-on-one clients that I work with, and then I have the program that is six weeks. So we launch in March because it's women's month. And I think it's a great time to have a speaking course that helps women elevate their voice. From March, we do the next one in August uh, towards the end of the year. So we can close out the year really developing something so people have going into the, the next year some really good foundational things. It's beautiful too, because if you think about that timing wise, we, you know, we see conferences peak kind of towards, towards the end of the year and, and, and early summer. And so those are like two, you know, if you're building skills to go out and and deliver some, you know, again, fingers crossed that these conferences come back, but, but the timing of that is really, is really tapped in. Will you, will you talk to me about, this is a little bit of a left turn, but the past (laughs) year in your life, you know, you and I were, were, we were travel bugs before COVID-19 happened. You know, we were on the road, we were at conferences, you and I met at a conference. What has it been like for you to have your life, you know, limited by COVID-19? And, you know, how has that, that changed the way you, where you think about things? Like, are you going to just be the first one at the airport when it's socially acceptable or, (laughs) you know, because travel is such a huge part of who you are. Oh my gosh. I love traveling. I love traveling in all capacities. I will say what I, what I don't miss is the airport and being on the plane. But once I get to my destination, that's what I like. I love seeing people. I miss people in person so much. It's, it's not funny. <laughs> like, but I will say for me, this is, this might sound horrible, but I felt like the world was going on pause for a little bit because I left into it my global position at Intuit on February 26th of last year. And then we went to Hawaii for a few weeks because I just wanted to like get everything out of my mind, relax and be able to like go in with energy into my next step of life. And then we're in Hawaii, like watching the news and watching this global pandemic stuff. And we're like, oh, oh gosh, what what's going on right now? And then we were like, all right, we'd turn off and go snorkeling. And it just felt so weird because it was like everybody was rushing to the stores for toilet paper and all of these things. I was like, I can't believe I'm starting a business right now. This is great timing. But what was nice about it is that it put a lot of things on pause 
and helped me be able to not feel like I had FOMO of missing out on the conferences because I needed to take that pause to build out my business plan and to do some market research and really base my business off of a good, strong foundation. And so having that pause for everybody, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, world. <laughs> now I'm a little over it because I was like, okay, now it's been a year. Can we go back? I, I have been booked for a couple conferences, though, one in June in person, which I'm like, oh, I'm a little yeah. nervous. So we'll see. And then one, I think, is in like October or November in Texas. So we'll we'll see. I'm hoping that the pandemic will. Yeah. I have one in June too. And, and we just got the notes like last week or so. It's like, just kidding. Like we're going to, we're going to push it back. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a challenging time. And I think, I think too, though, like the thing that I love about your perspective here is that you, you know, you've used this time and space to really invest in, in your business. And you've also really invested. I, I feel like as a friend and a collaborator with you, like in building relationships with other women that are doing this kind of work. I mean, not same work as you, but, but collaborative, you know, based work. And, and I, I've loved that, you know, to get to, to work with you in different capacities than we have in the past. And, and I think that, you know, that's not necessarily the norm. A lot of people get into business and they're so focused on like, you know, doing their thing that, you know, they kind of don't, don't take advantage of those, those others who are around them. And so, Will you just talk to me a little bit about that? Like, why why do you find it so important to just take that time and energy to really invest in these different partnerships and projects that you do? Madeline, I absolutely think as a small business, it's the only way to work. It really is. The only way to work is to collaborate. Me, I can't imagine running a business by myself. And that collaboration of women that have different skill sets than you that you can bring to the table as well just almost helps you have a business that is much bigger than yourself right i can go hey i know somebody like i can write my own presentations like crazy i am not a ghostwriter for somebody else's presentations i don't like people ghostwriting presentations for myself either because i think it has to come from my voice but other people can deliver a ghostwritten presentation with ease so i have a fantastic group of women that are ghostwriters for people so i know that i can pass people their way and i just feel like i'm being a full service yeah. When I have all of these other women that can fill in the puzzle for me, like I don't have to solve all of my clients' problems, but I have a community that can. So it kind of keeps it in our bubble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and going, okay, I don't know how to help you here, but I know exactly the person that can help you. And you've been fantastic in that capacity too. I mean, you've been so generous in passing me people that you're like, hey, I think you should know this person. I'm not sure if they could be a client, but I feel like they're on the same wavelength as you. And even meeting women that are in that capacity, I love. I love seeing other powerhouse women. I love just having conversations with them and going, Hey, how can I help you? What can I do? Whether it's being a megaphone for you or figuring out who that ideal client is so I can pass it to you eventually. Like, it's just, I, I don't know how to do business otherwise. I'd be very sad if I was just in my own space going, it's just me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, not just that. I mean, I, I think the other piece too is that there is this, and, and I see it more with women, 
is, is it's like, oh my God, I've got to be all the things to all the people. Right. And so I see scenarios where, and I, I have, I would even say that I, I was this way early on and it wasn't really until, you know, distilling our team that we've, we've gotten better at saying like, this is the lane we play in, but it's very tempting when you're new in business to say like, I can do that. I can do that. And, and especially if you're a creative thinker and you're, you know, marketing minded and you also have some sales experience, it's very easy to say, you know, oh, well, I could do that too. And one of the things that I admire about you is you're very good at saying, here's what I do you know, and here's the people I know. And, you know, ultimately, like that allows you to play in your highest space. It allows me to be clear as to who's who's a fit to send your way kind of thing. And so it's, it's, it's just a really, you know, important way of doing business. But I think the temptation that a lot of people starting out have is to say, oh, well, I can do that too, kind of thing. I 100% agree. And I think it's that scarcity mindset. Because if you say no to this, you're saying no to dollars, and you need that income you think for your business. But me, I've always been, if I say no to this because it's not exactly what I want, then I'm making space for what I want. Because immediately if I'm filling my basket with all these things that aren't really my passion, then I don't have room for what my passion is. And that just has never made sense to me in a capacity of like, I know the money will come. I know it'll be there. It's just a matter of showing up. I want to. But to your point, Madeline, you were talking about showing up and me claiming like, hey, this is what I do. Can I just tell you that actually has been a big struggle for me? Like mentally, when I have my one-on-ones and just talking with people to see if they're the right fit, if we have like a good connection, if we'll be a right fit, if there's somebody I want to work with, I'm really good in that capacity, I think. You are fantastic about how you show up socially. Like obviously that's what your business does is help people with their social side. I took way too long to claim my space there. And it was very difficult for me because of that mind shift from speaking about a company that I was detached from. I mean, I was part of that company, but it was like talking about something else, right? To talking about my own business felt like, oh, this is now me. (laughs) And it felt really vulnerable for me. And it took me a while to go, Hey, this is what I do because I was so worried that, oh, all of my friends that follow me, like they don't want to hear this. <laughs> and it it was hard. It was hard. And I come from marketing background. <laughs> yeah. But it but it feels like, you know, and I we see this all the time. I don't want to be self-promotional. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put off, you know, my friends that are also followers. And it's like, but at the end of the day, if those people are truly friends, shouldn't they be supportive of your business? You know? And And also chances are that they probably know somebody who needs what you do and they're going to go, oh, I didn't realize that that's what you're doing these days. You know, like I get that all the time from people going, oh man, I didn't realize, you know, marketing, I'm so glad now I know, you know, we can send somebody your way, but it is, it is a vulnerable shift. I felt that way too. When I, you know, I was so used to being a figurehead, you know, an ambassador of sorts for somebody else's message, but to, to take my message and say, okay, this is what I'm talking about now. That was a, that's a big shift to make. Totally. It, it is an awkward shift to make, but I will tell you that fear is so right. You're, you're so, so right. And <laughs> the friends that are your friends, like are your champions. And I will tell you my girlfriend, who's like, was my maid of honor, amazing woman, Christina Lazo. 
She is like the sweetest thing because not only is she like showing up and cheering me on on social media, she has been to every presentation I've done online. (laughs) Even though she runs a theater company and it has nothing to do with her running the theater company, but she just shows up to cheer me on. Like it is the sweetest thing in life to have women that are just your champions and friends that are your champions. And so watching her just be there for me a hundred percent, no matter what I was doing actually was another thing that helped me go. All right, just be yourself. Go for it. You've never had a fear of doing this before. Like get out of your own way. Yeah. Yeah. So what I hear you doing there is breaking through limiting beliefs, which I know is something (laughs) that you coach so many women on. What, what would you offer, you know, and and maybe a great way to start this one is like, you know, what is the most common limiting belief you see in women leaders? And then what advice do you offer to help them break through that? And I know everybody's got their own path, but I also know from coaching experience that like, there are these same stories we see play out over and over again, particularly in high performance women. 100%. For me, the women that I work with, their limiting belief is that I'm not good at this. I'm not a good public speaker. And taking that mind shift of that identity of I am blank and changing it to, I notice that this skill set I'm not very strong at yet. It separates it from your identity of who you are and just says, hey, this is a skill set that I need to learn. This is an opportunity for me to grow. And it's okay if I fumble along the way because it is something new for me. It is a new skill that I am developing. But getting that repetition out of their mind of, I am not good at this. I am not good at this. It's, it's a process because as soon as you fail, you go, oh, see, I told you I wasn't good at it. And it becomes this confirmation bias in their mind that their mind is looking to prove them right. And so we have to switch that whole thought process to say, I am good at this. I am learning how to do this. What did I just do right in that presentation? See, I can do this. I can absolutely do this. And I know one of the women I was working with recently, she asked for the CFO position. Can we just celebrate that for a second? Get it? Right. So the CFO left. She was the VP and she went to her CEO and said, I would like that CFO position. He's like, all right, we'll give you a try. And then she panicked because she's not a public speaker. She said, she's like, oh my gosh. So one of her friends was like, you need to talk to Misty. So she and I worked together and she just did a video for me the other day of a testimonial. And in her testimonial, she said, I realized that after working with Misty, I went into my board of directors meeting, which gave her panic every single time because they're deciding whether they should give you more money or not to continue the company. And it's like a 250 person company. She goes, I went into that investor meeting and I wasn't nervous at all because I knew what I wanted to tell them. I knew the numbers and the stories that they needed to hear. And I was completely focused. And it's just like, and I she was this video I was watching it and I started going, I was like, Oh my God. And that was so huge because her saying to me, when she first came to me, she goes, my body completely betrays me. My voice shakes, my body shakes. I stammer. I say uh, a million times and she 
couldn't get her body to stop reacting in ways that she didn't want it to. And so for her to go from that to walking into a high stakes meeting, asking for millions of dollars of investment, it's like, (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's transformation. You know, it's transformation. I mean, that's really the work I see that you're in. Like it, the broadest category is like you're in the work of transformation. And it's it's so powerful for women to have somebody like you in their corner. And it brings me, so I've got two more questions for you. Question one, what does it mean to be fearless to you? Because I think that a lot of women look at something like public speaking and think that, you know, this this takes being fearless. But what does it mean to you to be fearless? Hmm. Oh, gosh. To me, I think fearless means to be unapologetically you Mm. and to know that's enough. That's going to be the the audio quote that goes out on Instagram after this this (laughs) recording. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. What what has it taken for you to become that? I think it's a lot of things. I think it's waking up in the morning and deciding how you want to show up for yourself and who you're going to be for the day. I think it is building the right community that when you are not there, that you have some people to just lean on because we are not all happy-go-lucky every single day. Uh, We have our hardships and our challenges just like anybody else. But having those people that you can kind of go (laughs) and be unapologetically you and show that you have all of those sides. I think a lot of us feel that we have to show up perfect and there's no such thing. And letting go of that perfection and being able to show all the facets of our lives and who we are helps other women go, ah, I'm not alone. And so that's what I mean by unapologetically you. This is me on a good day. This is me on a bad day. This is me on a (laughs) day. But this is who I am. And I no longer have to say sorry for being at the table. That is a big thing for me and my clients, like so many of them, just getting that word sorry out of their mouth. (laughs) And that's not to say when you hurt somebody, you shouldn't say sorry, but it's saying sorry for things that... For just being there. Yeah. Yeah, like stop apologizing. (laughs) But really claiming your space and knowing you deserve to be here. Everybody deserves to be here. Everybody has a unique perspective to bring to the table. Somebody can learn from you what your perspective is. You're helping that person that's a few steps behind you, not the one that's 10 steps ahead of you. And just saying, all right, I agree to show up. I love this. I love you. You're fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So my last question for you today is just where can people find you, Misty? You know, if they're new to your work, if they want to find and connect with you online, the website, all those things, obviously we'll put it in the show notes as well. But what is, what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? My website is mistymahia.com. My social all my social handles, mistymahia.com, Misty Mejia everywhere. So very easy to find me. If you can't find me, tag Madeline. She can find me. <laughs> we'll send a carrier pigeon, you know. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Smoke signal. Mm-hmm. Fine. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, like I said, we'll share that all in the show notes, but I just, I want to extend just huge amount of gratitude for you and showing up and being your authentic self and, and just offering such words of wisdom to our audience. I'm just really, really grateful. I likewise, I, this could have easily been a 40 minute session of how much I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think would be equally fascinating. (laughs) All the ways I love Madeline. But really, Madeline, what you are doing in the world and how you are helping women just achieve greater things. Honestly, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for always inspiring me to do better and for reaching for the stars and to believe in myself when I don't. I just, I I love you, honestly. So that's it. That's my conversation with Misty. I know that you can hear at the end of this conversation, the love that we are sharing for each other. And I wish you could have seen us because there was just such smiles, such heartfelt emotion back and forth. And, you know, this is the beauty of women working together in business is that we uplift each other. We are support systems, you know, whether we're, we're, you know, walking a journey side by side or, you know, taking turns, taking the lead. We have been such major support systems, Misty and I, to each other as we built our companies. And it was just a really big honor to sit down and reflect with her And to just soak up her wisdom, I highly, highly, highly recommend if you are a woman that is in a leadership role or is looking to really get your message out there into the world, there is no one more skilled, in my opinion, than Misty to help you craft that story and to present it in a way that is really going to be impactful to other leaders or to the audience you aim to connect with. So highly, highly recommend you check out the show notes and look her up and go find her and follow her on social, all the things. She is just a force for light and love, and she's highly collaborative. She's just one of the best humans that I know. And speaking of collaborating with leaders, I've been talking to y'all for a couple weeks now about the importance of our new Finding Fearless community, but this is really our place where leaders get together and get to play with each other around really important concepts of professional and business development. We have officially lined up the next couple quarters worth of content, and we are going to be diving into some really amazing things. We've got a session on breath work to really tap into instinct and intuition. We've got a session on conscious leadership. We've got a session on aligning your strategic plan. We've got a session on human-centric marketing. There are so many amazing workshops that we're bringing to this community. But beyond just the content itself, this is a place for you to really connect with like-minded leaders that are wanting to network, wanting to do business differently, wanting to compare notes and be able to really brainstorm and bounce ideas off each other. And I love this community because we're just seeing some really amazing opportunities arise when our members reach out and get to know each other. So If you're curious to know what that experience is all about, we are offering a a special promotion for our listeners to the podcast. If you want to join the community and get your first month free, you can go to fearlessfoundry.com slash be fearless, and then just use the offer code fearless at sign up in order to get access to your first month free. So highly recommend checking that out so you can kind of become a part of our inner circle, our Finding Fearless community, special place for leaders to connect with one another. All right, that's all I have 
have in store for you today. My only ask is that if you really love this content, take a moment, share it with someone you know, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so that it can be surfaced to other people who need to hear these stories. But otherwise, I just want to thank you. I am so grateful that you take time out of your day to listen and reflect on these conversations. It means a lot to have these conversations, but it means even more to know that folks like you take time out of their day to listen to them, to reflect on them, and hopefully share them with others. All right. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening to the Finding Fearless podcast.